This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the the biggest biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. There we go. He's a pro. He's a pro. Look at Tommy. That's big. Don't show the agent. Don't show the agent. Don't show the agent. Look at him. Oh, he's celebrating. He's going. He may may run up into the stands and go kiss the agent. He's going up there. He may may go kiss his dad and the agent. (laughs) They're showing the agent more than they do the Chiefs family section. That life is rocking. That was the end of the Manning cast on Monday night, December 11th, where we thought for no good reason we had two very mediocre Monday night football games competing with each other on ABC. You had the Miami Dolphins, a 14-point favorite, hosting the 4-8 and eight Tennessee Titans with Chris Fowler and Dan Orlovsky on the broadcast. Uh, and Lewis Riddick as well. And then over on ESPN, it was Buck and Aikman calling the Packers, who were five-and-a-half-point favorites, at MetLife Stadium against Tommy Cutlets and these freaking giants. And what do you know? Two upsets. That's right. A, it was a buy-one-get-one one on upsets and actually entertaining football games on the double Monday Night Footballer to wrap up Week 14 of the still most unpredictable ridiculous wildest and now because it's just because of the sheer watch factor of the nonsense in the football one of the more entertaining football seasons that these eyes can remember and that's where we are as we round up week 14 to start things off on breaking boston for tuesday december 12th 2023 fitzy and hart here the six rings guys talking the grand scape of the nfl um hart did you make it through the both of those games and can you even say at this point now you're surprised when a five and a half point dog and a 14 point dog pull off upsets on the same night? I mean, this freaking see uh, it just which one do you want to talk about first? Well, first, in general, I want to thank the NFL yeah. for adhering to what I ask for. Entertain me first. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be good. Nope. Competitive games can be questionable in terms of their quality, but they can be entertaining. And mm-hmm. the NFL is sort of guaranteeing on a week-to-week basis they're going to be entertaining. You're not going to know exactly what you're watching. Um, if you're one of those that likes tent pole teams or measuring stick teams and knows exactly who the best team in the AFC is and exactly who the best team in the NFC is, like this isn't one of your seasons. And if you like healthy star players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, this also isn't one of your seasons. But if you just want like, huh, I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm going to turn on a football game and – some guy I hadn't heard of until last week or a month ago might be killing it at the quarterback position or might be making big plays, then this is your year. And so I, I actually really enjoyed last night. I did kind of fall asleep, not going to lie to you, when the still dealing with some uh, some health issues, so staying awake late is not my thing. Um, but 
no, it that those are two entertaining football games, and that's what I you know me. That's what I look for first. Entertain me, and then the rest we'll figure out as as we go along here. Oh, his two an MVP candidate is is Tyreek Hill. Oh, what happened to the offense? Blah blah, like all of that. Yeah, we can parse through all of that, but they were entertaining. Yeah, so uh, very very much so. I found myself. Uh... Uh, as the season wraps up, writing Christmas cards and leaving on football games is like a pastime in my household. And it was just an absolutely divine night for that as well. Sipping by the tree, writing Christmas cards, football on in the background and two good games to watch. And you have the old uh, split box on YouTube TV. So you're going back and forth between the two. And at one point, while I was watching the end of Packers Giants, which was tooth and nail all the way, the Giants in control most of the game until the Packers seized the lead late in the game. And then here comes Tommy Cutlets on the field to lead the game-winning drive. I saw that the score in the other game was 27-13 after it had been tied for uh, for the majority of the game and thought, okay, so Miami finally got control. All right, so I don't need to watch the end of that one. Um, I only flipped over to it once the Giants game wrapped up and low to my wondering eyes, what would appear, but uh, the Tennessee Titans actually coming back and then winning the game as well. But first, let's just talk about the whole, speaking of entertainment, like the whole Tommy DeVito thing now has become just this, um, like it's a movement. Like it's, it's, it's actually beyond people keep comparing it to Lynn sanity from a decade ago when Jeremy Lynn took New York and the NBA by storm for a couple of weeks playing out of his mind. And then shortly thereafter kind of found his way to irrelevance. And the same may happen for Tommy DeVito, but the way this guy's entrance with his fancy red fuzzy coat, standing on the sidelines with his agent who is right out of central casting. Looks like he stepped right off the set of guys and dolls or the smooth criminal video with the, with the hat and the zoot suit and everything. There's scenes of the DeVito family putting together a love all serve all, all giants fans. Welcome Italian style buffet, their tailgate. They're doing cutlet sandwiches and chicken parm for everybody. Like you can't make this stuff up. And then for the game itself, now, I know the, the Packers didn't have Christian Watson, but still, like, they're the better football team. And somehow, the see, this is how it ties back to the Patriots to a certain degree. Like, the way the Patriots have been energized by Bailey Zappi trying to play his ass off, or at least not being Mac Jones, uh, and finally winning a game last week. Like, look at what the Giants are doing right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Manning cast was just all over these guys last night. Peyton Manning obviously wasn't having the agent. He did. He wasn't, he wasn't a huge fan, but like what an absolute show. Now, I mean, that guy's actually, that's how that guy dresses. Like this is oh, like, always, he's been, yeah, a, like, he's been a Patriots agent for years. He always has like three or four bottom of the roster Patriot type. Sean Stellato. Yeah. He's a local guy. I believe he's from Salem. Salem. From he is. Yeah. Played high school football here. He's, I mean, his look is his look. You can question it, criticize it, mock it, whatever, but, but oh, he's, it's, he but it's that perfect for, for DeVito. Though. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing I find out funny about this is, and you mentioned like Lynn sanity is like the, um, I guess ethnic nature of this, like this idea that he's just in, he's he's steered right into the I am the stereotypical Italian kid. I'm Rocky mm -hmm. Balboa. I have my cutlets. I right. talk a certain way. We're going to embrace the spotlight in our own way right now. I enjoy it. I, this has become the season for the masses. I feel like people have grown closer to the NFL this year because every man 
is doing different mm-hmm. things because of all the backup. Mm-hmm. Like Jake Browning, <laughs> that's not my box. Joe Burrow let my family stay there. You think I could afford that? Bailey Zappi, no, I didn't have anybody at the game. I can't afford those tickets. Like the everyman is now playing in the NFL, and I, I feel like like fans are mm. embracing it. Like it's not a $250 million Deshaun Watson playing quarterback for this team where it's like, I have nothing in common with that guy. I think fans are like in a weird way becoming closer to the NFL because they feel like one of them is playing when they watch some of these fill in backup quarterbacks. Right. And they're not scabs. It's like the old scab days, but these aren't scabs. They're just normal backup quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, like there's nothing about Tommy DeVito's game on the surface that would say like, well, I got it give this kid a chance and you know uh, eventually he's going to take over somewhere else because there's you know once daniel jones is healthy next year if i'm the new york giants i tell dan jones like you're the most expensive clipboard holder in the if this kid keeps playing like this until you know until the we know how this thing these aren't i know i know this is real life so we can enjoy it for a little bit right and then the bottom's going to fall out at some point no yeah i until diminishing returns kicks in but like as far as well, I mean, the Packers came in pretty hot. Like they, my, Matt Lafleur had never lost a game in December before. Um, they had won their last, I want to say, three or four games in a row. They're playing for a wild card spot now. They get the loss, but at the same time, they still hold on to the bottom wild card spot in the NFC at six and seven. The fi- I mean, you can't argue with the results though. He he had seventy one rushing yards, one hundred and seventy one passing yards. The Pass to Wandale Robinson to set up the final field goal was an excellent pass. Great play. Moves around well. Good energy on the team. The touchdown pass to Isaiah Hodgins uh, running uh, to his right, throwing against his body, was a dime. Like, he kid has a way to make a couple plays. Now, if he was that good, then he obviously should have been drafted. He should have had a – he should have been more of a thing coming out of Syracuse as well. But it's nice, like you say, the entertainment factor. We've caught a little bit of a wave, and this may be one of the things – in absence of a dominant season from a dominant team where two favorites are steamrolling towards the Super Bowl, these little storylines, these become the golden threads that the season is all about for us. Uh, and as far as the AFC goes, uh, just for from Monday night before we take a look at the, the conference on the whole, how in the holy hell? I mean, to me, in some ways, so Tyreek goes out on what sort of is a hip dropish tackle, hurts his ankle, leaves the game for a while, then he calls his wife and she says, it's going to hurt. Get your ass back in the game. He comes back in the game. He comes walking in before the game starts carrying a bag of McDonald's. Uh, not exactly a ringing endorsement for healthy eating before the game, kids. And then he comes back in. He can't cut, can't move the same way when he comes back in the game later. But at least he's there for the threat. To me, in some small part, you get to see, A, just how important he is to the operation of the Dolphins offense overall. And B, it bolsters his MVP candidacy to me just a little bit because look what happens to the Dolphins when he leaves the game, despite the fact that they do end up scoring 27 points overall. Yeah, they were uh, shut out in the first half. Their only score came on a, uh, what do they like to call it, a thick six, a big man yep. pick six on a screen pass. Will Levis was like, oh, you look like a rookie quarterback there, kid. Um yeah, no, Tyreek Hill's value to that offense, Tua, like the questions that Tua is always going to face until he mm-hmm. proves it. Um, he looked uncomfortable. Now the pass rush was an issue. The front was getting after him a little bit. I think the Dolphins had, I know they lost their center early in the game and they were already ha- dealing with a couple backups out there. So like another game. Oh, right, Eichenberg had to switch over. You're yeah. right, yeah. And right after that, they have a bad snap where they fumble it away. Like the, 
the offensive line issues that we've talked about league-wide, not just Patriots all year, mm. continue to be an issue uh, in some of these big games and I think are part of these storylines we're talking about. But, yeah, Tua uh, is Tua. He's, he's going to face the questions. And Tyreek Hill is a transformational player when he's not on his best or he's not on the field. And that was a very weird injury when he – so he gets hurt, stays down for a little bit, then sprints across the field like screaming and yelling – then stays on the sideline the rest of the first half, then comes out from halftime looking like he's not going to play at all, then playing like it, it was a very strange um, timeline for his little injury. Yeah. Did he get shot up with something? Did he just decide to play through it? Is he a tough guy? I don't know. Like it was weird. I, I, I don't know which way it went, but it was it was very strange. But still, you see exactly how how important, how integral he is to the precision of that operation without him. They become a bit more of a middling offense with him. They have a chance to be elite. But shout out and props, like salute to the Tennessee Titans for never giving up. Bravo. For w- I, exactly. that. Just in case things go weird in New England and some coaching changes are made, there you go, folks. There's, there's another coach uh, whose team is having a losing season that the players are playing through and playing for. Although not a well-coached team. I mean, if they have another false start, I'm going to shoot the guy myself. Like, what are you doing? It's not that hard. Don't go until the guy says to go. Right? You would think just just I don't know how people don't go out there and rip the helmet off of these guys and beat the living snot out of them with their own helmet. Like, it was infuriating as a fan. Oh, and people also went nuts last night. I forget which game it was where there was an obvious uh, offensive offsides, and it wasn't caught. I think it was maybe... Yeah, it was a Jalen Waddle that it was, was a- um, Waddle early in the game. And I literally I saw it live and I go, the- you got to call that or this is going to cause a controversy. You got to yep. you got to call that in light of last night. You got to. And they didn't call it. And the screenshots circled everywhere afterwards. It. It like, so oh, come on. It was super predictable. Social media predictability, like group. Th- like I knew I was like, please call it. I don't want to deal with this crap for the next week. Please call mm-hmm. it. Why aren't you calling it? You're supposed to be calling it. Call it. And they didn't call it in the end. They didn't call it. Uh, I how how, but like the Dolphins' defense just fading there at the end. Two touchdown drives within three. I mean, if I told you the Dolphins were going to be up twenty seven thirteen with three and a half minutes left, you would have said maybe they don't cover, but that's ball game. And the fact that the Titans come back and win, good for Will Levis getting his first major victory in uh, the he NFL. Good. First kid he, to throw for three hundred yards on Monday Night Football. Some of the throw he. He does the Mac Jones thing sometimes, falling away off his back foot. Mm-hmm. The difference is he's got a freaking howitzer, and he can get the ball there. He actually yeah. completes the three. Oh, also the other difference is um, DeAndre Hopkins can still effing play. Holy yeah, he can. crap. He can get open and catch the football. He made some ridiculous catches last night. So from a Patriots mm-hmm. perspective, a young quarterback who you could have had if you wanted, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Looks like he might be the real deal in Tennessee. They seem to love him. Was doing his Josh Allen impression at times in that game, just trying to run people over. He had a collision with Jalen Ramsey. That was he's like, a hot oh. dude. He's a hoss. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how sustainable it is. Even big quarterbacks like him end up getting hurt if you try to play like that too often. Um, but no, he's he's a fun guy to watch. And I still don't really know why the Patriots weren't willing to go a little further for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, they were going to upset Devontae Parker. Oh, he's he didn't want to hear about it. Oh, poor Parker's feelings. Yeah, you would have actually maybe won some more games and caught some more footballs, and maybe Mac Jones wouldn't be the toast that you turned him into. 
Exactly. They like that right there. Proof that it's not worth cheaping out when you have an elite or previously elite talent who can come in and help out your young quarterback and your team as well. And I was Seven dubious for, of it. I thought maybe sure. there was a chance he was done. He was more like Julio Jones, who went to Tennessee a year earlier and had nothing left. He has plenty left. He can still compete with the best of them at their wide receiver. Yeah, and that's against Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, too. Like, he's in coverage against some of the best corners, or rather, he's go, he's out on roots against some of the best corners in football, and he still goes for 7-124 and a touchdown. Major difference maker. Plenty of life left in the legs of Derrick Henry. Fun game. And then just overall on the week, you have Joe Flacco coming out of nowhere, looking like Joe Flacco 2012, now stepping in off the couch three weeks ago for the Browns getting a big win for them Sunday. Uh, the Ravens go to overtime uh, against, who are the Ravens playing? Oh, the Rams. The, the Rams still have some fight in the tank as well, which is uh, a surprise to me. The good good job by Stafford and McVeigh to get that team to respond the way they have this year as well. Um, any other surprises? The Cowboys throttled the Eagles. Cowboys now the number two seed, taking over control of the NFC East. The Eagles are in a little bit of trouble. Uh, scuffling absolutely yeah they are stumbling right now i'm not sure and i'm not sure exactly why what's 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 the hitch in their giddy up and what's what's making that engine uh choke the way it is right now they went from the Mm -hmm. best team in football in my opinion because they were good on both sides of the ball to both sides of the ball are kind of scuffling a little bit hurts continues Mm -hmm. to turn the ball over a little bit he's kind of turned into josh allen like he makes plays but he's going to make plays for both teams over the course of a game yes uh the 49ers Knock off uh, Drew Locke, who became the 54th starting quarterback, I believe, this year in the NFL, uh, which is just absolutely bananas for the product. Uh, And then, of course, the game of the week was Bills at the Chiefs. Kadarius Toney's uh, touchdown, the amazing play from Travis Kelsey, wiped off because of an offensive offsides. The histrionics of Mahomes, the subsequent apology on Monday. Andy Andy Reid displeased as well. And now these Chiefs, let me ask you this before we wrap here. as we'll segue to tomorrow's mailbag episode and we get to preview Chiefs Patriots um, coming up soon on Six Rings. Do you think it's better or worse for the Patriots? Now, obviously eliminated from the postseason, they're only three and ten. They're a nine and a half point dog in Sunday's game that has been flexed away from Monday Night Football. I think now the NFL probably is thinking, oh boy, big spotlight on Mahomes and Reed and the Chiefs and could have had Taylor Swift there. Now the Patriots won a game. Belichick was on game day. Everyone's talking about both of them. They're like the top social media teams. Ah, crap. Maybe we should have left them there. Um, There's cer- certainly more intrigue in this game with the Patriots win and Zappy playing well mm-hmm. um, and all the Mahomes, Andy Reid. You could definitely turn that into plenty of talking points and, and the way they're playing. Yeah, I the game is a little more... Um, desiresome I guess now Mm -hmm. than it was when they actually flexed it out when the Patriots were as embarrassing a team as there was uh in football so yep you know they they got a so who'd they flex in was it Seahawks yeah it's uh Seahawks Eagles and like the Seahawks are six and seven the Eagles like you said are scuffling a couple weeks ago that looked much more appetizing because they figured oh there'll be offense there'll be points yes both teams are playing for their playoff seating the Eagles want to get control of the NFC East again. The The Seahawks want to try to get back into the playoff race. So I can understand from that perspective. But now Fox actually gets a much more interesting Chiefs at Patriots game. Do you think it's better or worse for the Patriots that the Chiefs are stumbling and scuffling the way they are? Um, probably worse. I think we probably should have learned this. Now, I think the Chiefs are um, just scuffling because they have issues. I don't think they're a great football team. They're, they have a great quarterback and a great coach. 
So that makes them dangerous. But this has a little bit of a feel to me like the Cowboys game where the Cowboys were pissed off that they lost to the Cardinals the week earlier and then took mm-hmm. it out on the Patriots and embarrassed the Patriots on on national television on Fox. Um, I think there's a chance that you could get embarrassed again. Now, you could look at it the other way. On paper, on paper, they're not playing well. And you're scoring some points, and maybe it's a winnable game, and I know that's the road you want to go down. Fitzy GFY wants to go down that road. Like, I'm trying to buy in, trying to believe. Mm-hmm. Um I tend to think that Patrick Mahomes has a bee in his bonnet. And as we learn, I'm continuing with the comparisons to Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady never acted like a baby the way Mahomes did. Um, mm-hmm. I'm continuing the comparisons that I see long term. And we all know that when Belichick and Brady had a bee in their bonnet, usually the opposition paid the price. They did. They usually did indeed. But do they have the horses to make the Patriots pay the price or will the Patriots be able to keep up and make it a game? I tend to think it'll be the latter. Don't worry, whatever I pick when it comes down to the six rings, bet of the week on FanDuel. You guys just bet the opposite. You'll make a mint and pay for Christmas, and you'll have a very happy holiday season. We'll get to the mailbag tomorrow on six rings and answer all of your questions about everything in Patriots Nation and the wide world of the NFL 2023. And then Thursday, of course, you'll have Cadillac's Crucial Clashes on the six rings feed and our six rings and football things. Chiefs at Patriots Preview, and of course, As the week progresses, everything else that's going on in Boston sports will be addressed here on Breaking Boston. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Check us out each and every morning as we bring you our takes on the biggest stories in Boston sports. There's Coop. There's Hart. Here's Fitzy. That's Breaking Boston. And that's week 14 in the NFL.